Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today, I'm thinking about marriage. It's May, and a lot of weddings occur in May and June. Um, People get engaged, wedding nuptials occur. I've been thinking about how important marriage is. And there's this article from the Center for Christ and Culture from 2006, and it's called, Why is Marriage Important? Now, the first reason, before I begin reading from that article, is that it's one of the very first things that God did after he created a male and a female, is he joined them together in marriage. So marriage is ordained, it's important to God, and that's the main reason why marriage is important. But there are lots of other reasons that we might not have considered as its importance to the degree that it is. And from the Center for Christ and Culture, we read, quote, marriage is far more profound than our contemporary culture would lead us to believe. It's a lifelong commitment that restrains self-centeredness, self-indulgence, and self-gratification. It's the one relationship that effectively prepares and conditions us for community. By restraining self-centeredness and promoting love of another, marriage becomes the foundation for social order. When this commitment labeled marriage is reduced to nothing more than a mere contract between two consenting persons, or worse, just another option, it ceases to restrain our self-centered passions. Self-centeredness harms not only that relationship, but others as well, until it spreads throughout society like ripples in a pond. Abandoning the others before self concept of marriage for the self-serving concept of contractual relations between autonomous individuals makes us increasingly narcissistic, ultimately leading toward moral and societal collapse. Still reading from the article, across America, the institution of marriage is being assailed reduced to nothing more than a sentimental ceremony between consenting adults. It's radically redefined or been simply abandoned altogether, unquote. And that's from the Center for Christ and Culture. Why is marriage important? Well, yes, all that abandonment is contained in the article we read above and It's what we're seeing enacted more and more each day. In the distant past, God gave us biblical verses about how the world would be in the far future. There are specific prophecies about coming perilous times, and there's no doubt we're living in those perilous times now. Conditions that we see all around us that did not exist at all or did not exist to the degree we saw them today, such as blatant and constant pressure to dispense with marriage, it's it's all around us. And this disposal 
of the institution of marriage is a tragic and irreversible mistake. The satanic urge to dispose of marriage the way God intended it doesn't come only from a homosexual agenda, but really from all quarters, as we saw above. We're all sinners, um, so whatever flavor of sin people are indulging in, self-centeredness will come to the fore. But once the foundational block of society being marriage is done away with or diluted beyond recognition, then all else can crumble. And is this not happening now? The excessive narcissism that homosexual or triadic or polygamous or adulterous marriage definitions promote do lead inevitably to societal collapse. And we do see it all around us. Paul wrote of those conditions that we were to expect in the last days. In the last days or the end time are the times between Jesus' ascension and his return. So that's now. It just happens to be a very, very long end time. Paul wrote, Godlessness in the last days, <clears throat> excuse me, to Timothy 3, 1 to 5. He wrote, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and having the appearance of godliness, denying its power. Avoid such people. That was 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. A pretty sad list, but I think we can identify that a lot of those conditions are prevalent you know, all around us. And not only prevalent, but praised with no inclination to assign them a negative characteristic. No inclination to even put the brakes on any of those characteristics happening more and more. Now, you notice the last part of the verse says, having appearance of godliness. And the people perpetrating these perilous acts will be people who seem good, have a godly appearance, seem to be pious and sincere, but inside they will be brutal and selfish and without self-control. Even people claiming to be within Christendom are now muting the boundaries of biblical standards for marriage. In the article about marriage that I started with above concludes this way, quote, marriage is simply the highest of all human relationships and therefore must never be entered into lightly. It is the means of procreating humanity nurturing and training subsequent generations, producing social order, and for the Christian, 
the best means for perpetuating the gospel. If marriage is allowed to die in America, as it is in other Western nations, our posterity will inherit a godless culture, end quote. I maintain that this generation is a strong candidate as an inheritor of a godless culture. The constant barrage of marriage redefinitions, among other horrifying conditions, has wrought godlessness in the last days. The only good news to this statement is, as culture becomes ever more like it was in the days of Noah and the days of Lot, It means the day of the Lord is even closer. We do draw closer with each passing day. But for the sinner, the day of the Lord is near, said Zephaniah. Let's consider Zephaniah's words, and they're strong words. And it's kind of a downer to end on, but it's in the Bible, and sinners must be aware that every day that passes, the day of the Lord is nearer to them too. Zephaniah said, The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter, and the mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against fortified cities and against lofty battlements. I will bring distress on mankind so that they shall walk like the blind because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them on the day of wrath of the Lord. In the fire of his jealousy, all the earth will be consumed for a full and sudden end. He will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. That was Zephaniah 1, 14 to 18. And though it's distressing to read about, that will happen We remember the Lord is just and holy and patient. So until that day comes for those who would not believe, let us do our best to both model holy living and to speak of holy living into the culture that's ever darkening. We are the light, so let's be the light, particularly those who are married Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening, and I do hope you have a great day.